Welcome to the School of Radiance podcast. I'm thrilled that you have joined me today. Now, what is radiance? Radiance is the electromagnetic projection of your body, mind, spirit, and energy, as well as other aspects of yourself humming along just fine. How do we become radiant? Join the schoolofradiance.com membership for the cherry on top approach. How to enter a room and have people notice you at the right time in the right way for the right reasons. Have them be attracted to your radiance. This will positively impact your personal and professional relationships and allow you to navigate life with greater ease, beauty, and radiance. This is where I share my behind the scenes, body, mind, spirit, energy, and biohacking and detoxification practices that I don't share anywhere else. Join the membership at theschoolofradiance.com and enjoy today's episode on the School of Radiance podcast. Hello and welcome to today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Varga, a humble human on a mission here to help you achieve and receive the best hair, skin, and nails of your life using my background since 2011 as a double board certified aesthetic nurse specialist and having performed over 20,000 rejuvenation procedures. I bring the best of many worlds, including the worlds of home care, in clinic and also the research behind what truly can help slow aging looking at some of my research on oxidative stress status and its impacts on the skin in the school of radiance podcast we explore many things beyond just the superficial to help you glow from the inside out and become your most radiant version enjoy today's episode right here on the school of radiance podcast Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Rachel Varga, a humble human on a mission here to help you achieve and receive the best hair, skin, nails of your life, and of course, be a more radiant version of yourself. The more radiant people we have in the world, the better our exchanges will be with ourselves and others, and this is quite simply how we make this world a better place, one radiant soul at a time. Today, we have joining with us Dr. Melanie Keller, N.D., is known as the Intuitive Edge Doctor because she helps people understand their body, lives, and businesses better so that they can receive the curated care they need. She is an IBS and SIBO expert and uses her naturopathic expertise, epigenetic intuition, and a high 7D to get results, 70 energy to get results. I'm a huge fan of biofield medicine, energy medicine. This is the future. These are also ancient practices too. We're just going to help make sense of all that. Her binaural beat meditation has received five-star reviews on Insight Timer, and she has been featured in Forbes Health, Insider, Well and Good, and ABC's The List TV. Be sure to learn more about Dr. Melanie Keller over at intuitiveedgedoctor.com and her links to connect with her and work with her for 90-minute session and much more is in the show notes of this episode. Welcome, 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 Dr. Melanie Keller. How are you today? Oh, I'm beyond excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I would love to hear a little bit about your story. You're in one of my favorite places. You're in Utah. That's uh, we were chatting before recording where I did a long fast, actually at 8,000 feet above elevation. 
that was an incredible experience for me. It's beautiful there. But you also have, you know, you grew up in Alaska. So you and I both are from that more northern western part of the world, very similar lifestyles with eating certain foods and being in nature. And you know, then you were in LA. Now you're getting that that uh, rest and relaxation in nature again. So tell us a little bit about your lifestyle and some of the things that came up for you that you learned about that are now helping you help others. Oh, well, yeah. So I grew up in Southeast Alaska in a very rural town. There was like, I, I graduated with 22 people in my high school class that I knew from like first grade. So it was the, the fact that you had certain foods and, and even spring water from the mountain that you would go and get and the co-op, it was kind of the granola families versus the wonder bread families. I'm just kind of giving that as an example. Um, but at the same time, be, being so rural, didn't have a lot of access to all forms of healthcare. So it was, you know, you, you would have the transient uh, chiropractor or herbalist or what it was the latest and greatest coming through our town, which I gravitated to. And even working at the um, co-ops grocery store, I'd learn about herbs and I'd read and I, I just wanted to, I don't know, it just happened at a very young age. And then as I was going through puberty and had horrible migraines, in fact, I was in college and I like blacked out on as I was turning into a, t a test they suspected that I might have meningitis because it was actually on campus. And that's when they wanted to do all this extensive workup on me. And it was really interesting how, again, how I was raised. I was like, no. And I, I just kind of went home for the holiday and rested and recharged and didn't go through. I mean, cause honestly it was like dollar signs that I saw and I didn't really want to put my, my parents through that. Um, and it's not until years later as I suffered with my own IBS for a, a very long time, that as I was searching what type of degree I wanted to have after working for a while in the massage industry, I was a director of a massage school um, and, and naturopathy really was highlighted for me. And there was some timing as to like how, what access we had to student loans, et cetera. So when I got to naturopathic medical school, I felt a fit. And it just so happened that I read um, my mentor's book. He was on, he was taking a break and wrote this book on functional gastroenterology. And um, when he returned, I put in for a lottery to be his, to do a preceptorship with him. And it was it was the best decision. We really connected. And then from there, I helped develop the SIBO center and I've been practicing um, in this niche of IBS and SIBO and then have branched out to energy work because it's so nice to have as multiple tools as we possibly can. Yeah. The energy side of things is really interesting. So for some of you listening, you might not know this, but after I finished my, and thank you for sharing all that. There's some key things we're going to talk about here in just yeah. a sec. After I received my bachelor's of science in nursing, I didn't feel done with education and, you know, actually went to naturopathic school to see if it was a good fit on an open house day. And I took my, my MCAT for med school, my DAT for dental school, very interested in naturopathic medicine, uh, applied once to medical schools and didn't get in. Usually you have to apply one for one to three years. And uh, then decided to become an entrepreneur, a nursepreneur instead. 
And I'm really glad that I chose this path so that uh, I was then able to expand in other areas in the skin and now also in the radiant side of things, which is huge with energy, right? If you want to show up in a room and have people not just notice you for your clear skin, your nice hair, your, your outfit, you want them to notice your energy and be attracted to your energy and then actually propel people away from you, repel um, that aren't in alignment with you. This is a skill that um, those of us who are paying attention to our intuition and our energy and also others, uh, we have these toolkits in our back pocket. Now, when it comes to the way that we grow up, it sounds like both you and I were sort of protected in these smaller communities, you in Alaska and your small community. I also went to school on a very small island, graduating class of about 70. So I had this very beautiful, full, protected childhood. And I also, like you, was around a lot of fish and ate lots of, uh, you know, uncooked salmon, salmon locks, was in the water, getting my cold therapy, drinking just a ton of river, mountain, waterfall, runoff water, and actually without knowing it, contracted lots of parasites. And then when I started doing a specific detox, I started to clear parasites and I had no symptoms of parasites. So I'm curious about your take on people that have IBS or SIBO. You know, I've, I've seen in my research uh, with different parasitologists, 80% of North Americans have parasites, the tests and the people looking at the tests aren't specific enough to actually pick them up. So just assume you have them and clear them out. So I'm curious, uh, Dr. Melanie Keller, what are your insights to share with us about IBS and SIBO. One of my clients, Jennifer, her dear husband is just struggling with SIBO. So I'm sure she'll love this episode. Um, what do you want people to know more about with these topics? Okay, so um, I, I'll make sure to keep it as bullet point as possible, but I could talk a lot about this. So number one is that I, I'm really passionate about people understanding that IBS now can be identified as an autoimmune condition. And so not many people are know, they might know about the breath test to measure for the three different gases. That's one thing I'd like to emphasize that we have hydrogen, we have methane, and we have hydrogen sulfide. And many people equate hydrogen to diarrheal um, form of SIBO and actually technically SIBO, whereas the methane is methane overgrowth and methane producing microbes are actually called archaea. So we will refer to that as intestinal methane overgrowth. And we separate that out from SIBO because it's not just in the small intestine. It can actually be throughout the entire colon. And then we have hydrogen sulfide and hydrogen sulfide is now what we know more technically as the diarrheal component. Hydrogen is really just more so a fuel source for methane who likes four hydrogen and hydrogen sulfide who likes five and methane usually always wins. Um, so you might see a mixed form of IBS, which might be in the stool passage of, of one bowel movement, or it can be different bowel movements having different forms going from looser stool to more hard or difficult to pass. So there's some technicalities that the practitioner really should know how to ask the right question to identify that. But the point being is that if we have diarrheal IBS or 
technically also have SIBO because 60% of IBS patients do have SIBO, then we really will end or the mixed form. Then it's really important that people get a test that measures for an antibody to see if a history of food poisoning, specifically bacterial food poisoning, may be the reasoning for what I refer to as having a skip in the record. So we have this cleaning action wave that happens and it starts in phase one in our stomach and then goes through our small bowel. And this is phase three that we actually know if we have this antibody, it can be pushing things back into the small intestine. So that's one of the things where we want to look for this antibody to see, do we have a toxin that was left behind by the bacteria? So it's an antibody to that toxin that's left behind. And the second thing is an antibody to the motor complex nerve called vinculin, which we're really specifically looking at in the small bowel here. So that's one of the things I'm really passionate about. Many people have maybe been treating SIBO for, unfortunately, I, like, I hear this often for years, but they've never had the blood test to see. And I'm just going to speak to the algorithm and to the research, which says you test mainly the diarrheal and the mixed. However, I also test constipated patients because around 25% um, can also have a positive antibody here. And I tend to see that 25%, they typically come and see me and it's nice to at least identify because then from that point, I might say, yes, you, all the things you hear about SIBO and EMO may or may not pertain to you. And I think that's, what's exciting that we're going to talk about is to trust our bodies, to know or have an intuitive insight into ourselves. Cause I'm just the, I like to say, I'm the coach. They're the athlete. They know, you know, like I might be able to watch their movie and see things, but they're the ones who know themselves best. And so I just like to say, even when I've had people have a deep groove and skip in the record, which might make us, you know, do more things, have to lift and move the needle. Other times they can have a, a very elevated antibody and they have no problem. And we are able to resolve the SIBO. We don't have relapse and things go smoothly, but we will want to check for that antibody annually um, because it can remain elevated between five and 10 years. So that's the that's what I wanted to start with, because in that concept, I thought to myself, well, if we can have an antibody to a bacterial toxin, is it possible that our body might be having an autoimmune response to a parasitic um, infested, you know, or it might not be like we talked about an infection because it's not coming up loud and clear on testing or even in general blood work where we actually might, and many people might have this test in their history where I'm looking at eosinophils. So the um, it's EOS on, on the blood test. And oftentimes the eosinophils aren't flagged because when they are flagged, when they are elevated outside of the reference range, that generally does indicate an allergy or parasites. And that would be based on somebody's history. And yet I have seen it where the eosinophils are quite low, maybe even two to 4%. But my point is, is that they're not zero, right? And I'm like, hmm, why are those, why are those eosinophils kind of triggered or stirred up a little bit? And interestingly, when I was working with a gynecologist who worked very much on anabolic shifting to get us into an anabolic state versus catabolic based on so many environmental toxins in our liver that sends out this sex hormone binding globulin. 
oftentimes people will turn to hormone therapy and they're taking these exogenous, even although bioidentical hormones, but the, the liver might still be binding that. And so what we actually found is that we needed to have an anabolic shift in order to have the liver reduce its binding sex hormone binding globulin is what I'll say. And by doing so, what I found is that an eosinophil that was quite low initially when I first met the person and we did this anabolic protocol, then all of a sudden those eosinophils raised. And I thought that was really fascinating. We actually published a paper about this. Um, And by then at that point, we could then treat the person for the parasites. And this was based on an interesting study that this gynecologist found. And so I like to be the person that goes first and I like to experience things before I'm giving it to um, more patients. And I found it very interesting because at the time, even though I had resolved my SIBO, let's say on a breath test, I was still struggling with my motility aspect and on a number of different prokinetic agents. And um, and even with his hormone protocol, you know, I was giving them this feedback of like, well, it could be better. And it wasn't until I treated myself for helminths, which are actually worms, that I noticed a significant improvement in my gut motility. And and it wasn't necessarily something that you know, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to talk about with people or patients to say, we might need to treat you for worms. And they're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> But those who either have had a history of loving sashimi, uh, they they have this sushi history or for myself or your yourself, where I grew up in a commercial fishing family where salmon, salmon, we used to laugh about it, salmon loaf, salmon burger, salmon. I mean, we had salmon coming out of our ears, which I'm so grateful for now and miss it. Um, but at the time, my mom would say, oh, yeah. We, we, you know, if we've got fresh salmon and we put it on the barbecue that day, you would see them coming out of, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't see that part of it. Right. I was just consuming it. So I actually had quite a number of Alaskan uh, family members and friends who were like, well, let me get, let me get treated for this because they actually saw improvements, not only in their gut health, but in their overall health. Um, and inflammatory and again, anti-aging aspects. So that was really interesting for me. And I think that it's important for people to know and and to have somebody who understands that, or is maybe looking for these little nuances um, because again, most functional doctors, we're not just looking at what's outside the reference range. We're looking at the number itself and where is it within the reference range, because it might be what we need to do for that individual. Yeah. I mean, there's quite a stigma, right? In my bachelor's of science in nursing education, there's one page on parasites and it only happens in African countries. Well, no, that's not true. What I've learned through following and research, following the research of 30 plus year parasitologists is that 80% of the North American population has them. We don't just get it through fish. We get it through handshaking, contact, breath exchange, going barefoot outside, eating leafy greens, Basically, at every turn, you have an exposure to pathogens and microorganisms, which is why I like to take the position for optimal beauty and radiance to every 21 days, do a senolytic detox, to do a parasite detox, and really have an awareness of washing all your leafy greens and all that 
with um, your your produce, your fruits, with uh, baking soda, vinegar, and water, eating organic, really inspecting things, really being aware of food quality. I barely have sashimi anymore. I did on my birthday, and it was absolutely delightful. Uh, but every day, yeah, 21 days, I just take care of this. And the wild thing, when I had um, an infection of them, I had no symptoms, I, you know, my hair was fine. My skin was fine. Nails energy was okay. I was dealing with um, some car crash injury stuff. So then I, I had this cleanse sent to me and it's basically getting you in an alkaline state. And then about a week in, I started passing things. And then about two weeks in, I started having remarkable energy. And then one to three months in, oh, maybe I did have a little bit of hair loss on my edges that started to come in. My nails started to grow like weeds. And even my conversational communication skills improved because my brain was functioning better because I was clearing out parasites in the central nervous system and actually observed visual flashing when I was watching a movie, which is to me a sign of parasite die-off and toxins that were being released. So from my experience going through that, if you want to have the best hair, skin, nails of your life, slow aging, have your gut feel great and not have all these food cravings, you know, being woken up in the middle of the night, all these things, it's just having a proper detox protocol. Yes. With a mentor, someone to guide you through that, but also knowing that most practitioners actually don't have an awareness of effectively clearing out parasites. If you have a dog and you've dewormed your dog, but you haven't dewormed yourself, you need to consider that parasites can live in us for about 30 years. And they really draw on our life force, our nutrition and our energy. So that's why in my paper that I wrote, and this actually really substantiates what you said as well, when we reduce the load of oxidative stress through purification of our air, water, lighting, electromagnetics, and regular detoxing, then we set the stage for optimal functioning of our machinery and our programs, essentially, that we're given when we come here. Now, when it comes to reducing our biological age, you have to start with the purification work. And then also, I am a big fan of having added frequency and energy work to actually clear out things. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics here, but off camera, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll share more about that in the School of Radiance membership. Some of the things I did behind the scenes to clear out other forms of uh, basically attachments and parasites. Um, so tell us a little bit about energy work and how you see it contributing to one's biological age. Of course, it's going to enhance our intuition. The more clear we are, this should go without saying, especially if you've been listening to the School of Radiance podcast for a while. But how do you think energy work contributes to reducing one's biological age? What are the systems that are being impacted and what you also see your most thriving clients doing? Well, um, what I, this is my personal opinion that I will say about my comparison is like, say, if we were looking at a therapy, I think talk therapy, whereas we're kind of just stirring things back up as we are vocalizing our, our throat chakra is so powerful, right? So it's almost when we go through a talk therapy, not, not against any of this, I'm, I'm coming from my own personal experience, 
versus when I've done energy work where I feel that the the micro traumas, the other trauma, whatever a human chose, right? We chose this soul, this experience. So we we kind of came here knowing that there were going to be some ups and downs, right? And so I just feel that when we do at least what I've experienced with energy work is that I'm able to clear low frequencies and reset myself to a higher frequency. And again, this, this was all kind of new to me until I experienced it. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't understand these cords, these implants, even that um, yep. I, I, yep. I kind of call myself on the woo spectrum. Oh, there. There's Absolutely. A, there's, you said it. There's I didn't woo, and then there's whoa, <laughs> you know, where you kind of go, well, I don't know. And there is this evidence-based person in me, right? The way I was trained. However, it wasn't until I experienced it that I was like, oh, wow, because in my history with body work, I actually had the opportunity to receive Reiki from a descendant, a samurai descendant. And, you know, I mean, it, it was really amazing. And I would say all professional courtesy and respect, it, it was like, okay, versus what I've experienced with a high is like, wow, like even when I tune into the energy, I my body full, like I'm plugged in and then I can unplug when I'm, when I'm finished a session, I never really experienced anything like that. So getting back to what you, what you had asked, I hope I'm getting there, but it's, it's this change of our frequency that I feel is, can be unexplainable in a sense that it's, it's again, more of that feeling. And if we could measure it and there are, there are people who are looking at these things and we're able to, um, one of the things that I was, uh, introduced to during the pandemic was, um, ancient aliens on the history channel and some other, uh, documentary and other researchers and people doing this. And I was absolutely fascinated to see that they can actually change and shift the pH of water that we can change DNA, you know, so we actually do have evidence of this. And, um, I'm speaking with somebody in, in the epigenetic area where we were talking about doing an actual study on receiving this energy work, because when you go to PubMed, there's a few hundred studies. It's predominantly more about Reiki, which is great. Um, but I do feel that this energy work that I've received from my mentor, which is a hundred years later. So Reiki originated in the 1920s and this person received this Ahai energy channeling in 2020. So I just thought, okay, we're kind of getting this new, as we download the new app on our, on our phones, or we get these updates, right. It's like, okay, we're ready for this new, higher, stronger frequency. Um, and I've seen it be pretty amazing clinically, not only for myself, but also for patients. I'll give a good example of someone. Now I'm not an advocate that everyone should go gluten-free, dairy-free immediately. I'll, I'll focus on gluten for gluten specifically, especially if we suspect, or we don't know if they may have celiac, because that is an important diagnosis to actually receive. And many people will go gluten-free without having had that workup. So I was working with a patient who had minimal exposure. They live in a situation where their food is provided for them. And so they couldn't necessarily always be gluten-free. They just knew gluten was in the food and, but on a small dose and they were severely affected by it. That's what they suspected. 
So I decided to say, well, actually, let's get you in contact with a gastroenterologist. And it's likely that you will want to do what I refer to as a gluten challenge in the sense that it's the equivalent of two pieces of bread per day for 21 days. So that we're actually stimulating the the immune system to then see if there are tissue changes when they do the procedure. And the gastroenterologist agreed, we wanted to have adequate, let's say gluten exposure so that the procedure and and what they were looking at under the microscope would be accurate. So because they were were thinking, well, I already have these minor um, exposures to gluten and I have brain fog and bloating and I feel miserable and I'm low energy, how, what is it going to be when I just full on have this larger load of gluten? So we focus the energy work weekly on that. We, you know, we set our intention and, and um, so they're in this private program where they have access to message and it, through the portal, et cetera. And I really was set up for the week for those, that time period to be like, okay, I'm going to be hearing from this person. We're going to have to be, you know, doing some symptom relief And surprisingly, I didn't really hear from them other than for their energy work sessions. They got through the gluten challenge, which really, to be honest with you, Rachel, just blew my mind. I was like, really? Wow, that's really powerful. And um, thankfully, they came back negative for celiac. But from that experience, we then continued on to other aspects. Um, Let's say even their, their gingiva, their, their gum line, they were having some dental work being done. And a specialist said, well, you know, you actually have some severe inflammation here. And they asked, can we just focus on, you know, on my mouth and my dental work? And we, we did that. And the, the specialist said, you know, I must have mismeasured last time you were here because we see significant improvement. So those are the things that when I get the feedback from patients and clients, and I even tell them, I'm like, I like to remain neutral. I don't want to give any claims or make any promises. I just like to say, let's see, like, I'd like you to tell me what's happened for you. And I'd like you or your body to show us how it's choosing to heal. I love this. I love that you went into the Reiki. I love that you went into uh, Greg Braden's epigenetic work, seen him speak many times, that there is this poignant time where our human DNA changed. So for some of you, your, your brains might explode right now, but uh, for some <laughs> of us, we think that, you know, basically this one big experiment here, take with that what you like, feel what feels good for you. But there are, definitely are a lot of people that are on this train. For me personally, I have, I'm a researcher, I'm a practitioner, I love to quantify things, but I also love to have an open mind and explore. And that's some of the feedback that I receive on the show is people enjoy learning and hearing my perspectives because I consider things in a different way. And that's totally fine. The more clear and intuitive you are, the more better able you're, you can cut through the noise and really get to the depths of where things are going. So let's get into it, shall we? Personally, I've had a number of profound and miraculous experiences from a very young age. I come from a beautiful lineage. My great-grandmother was a the the second ordained female minister, evangelical minister here in Canada. And then my great-great-grandmother was a UK channeler. So it just goes to show you, I have a very interesting female lineage. And I I do enjoy studying that and learning the history. And, you know, potentially, oh, I just flickered. Potentially um, what I can learn and glean from that. For 
the experiences I've had growing up and also and not too long ago uh, with literally miracles, I really only share this in the School of Radiance membership container. And the reason for that is not everybody's ready for this. I'm going to share some statistics that came through to me. Um, these experiences have been a massive part of my journey and being open to receiving, but not too open and too porous to energies that are not in the highest for me. And so you got to be careful with this galactic stuff, like looking at ancient aliens and stuff on Gaia. Like, oh my gosh, like I grew up as a Trekkie, right? I always loved um, learning about science and space exploration. Um, but depending on your field, you do have to have clear energetic boundaries as well. So all these people doing, you know, ayahuasca journeys or plant medicine journeys to find God. Um, some people I've seen clients that really shift them in a beautiful way. Uh, but for myself, that's not uh, part of my journey. I, do, I don't need to do that. But it's very different and individual for everybody, which is what's so beautiful about this human experience. Um, so the experiences that I've had have really shaped me and have been a massive part of my journey. And so I've been able to have experiences, see certain things, which then bolsters my faith up even more, that there's more to what meets just the physicality and the 3D. But the thing is, is being clear enough and pure enough to receive these experiences, it isn't for everyone and not everybody has access to this. Also, not everybody is psychologically even ready or energetically or spiritually ready to, or physically ready to have those kind of experiences and receive those types of upgrades. Not everyone is ready, willing, and able to do the work either, or even have the support. So that's why fostering and cultivating your team around you, whether it's Reiki, massage therapy, <clears throat> nutrition, traditional Chinese medicine, um, different mentors to help you do some energetic clearing work, as well as spiritual guidance, right? People that you trust, you have to learn how to be a discerning consumer, not only for your skincare, but also who you choose to work with. Because I actually did a one-on-one -on -one session for a client of mine yesterday, actually in LA where, where you're from. And she just shared with me, I was working with the wrong people, kind of scrambled and we need to stay psychologically rock solid and not get scrambled, which I talk about methods for doing that in the School of Radiance membership, we go super deep. So most people aren't willing to do this purification work and really explore, you know, the history of us as a species. And, but those who do the work experience a deep cultivation. It takes time to cultivate things like radiance, which is, which is an energetic electromagnetic projection of all of your other body systems humming along just fine. I was in prayer once and had this download that 2% of people have access to this type of information, but only 1% of that 2% actually do the work. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that came through. You know, I trust my intuition and things that come through. So there you have it, pretty low percentage. I would love to see these types of numbers be much higher as at the end of the day, I think this is how we can make this human experience more positive. And when you're talking about being in a catabolic state, it's a too positive of a state. Our body does need to contact the earth to discharge that excess energy and become more anabolic, which is slightly more negative grounded state, which actually our body wants to be in. So at the end of the day, setting electromagnetics for better hair, skin, nails, and slowing aging is something I'd love to do, especially with certain technologies. But then we have to remember, we got to do the 3D stuff. We got to look after the gut. We have to make sure that our metabolism is on point and we're 
we're not neglecting for those of us who are a little bit more intuitive and spiritual and into the energy stuff, we're not neglecting the physical. And this is actually something that I was doing. And I had a rude awakening when I started, you know, clear all these bears. I was like, what's going on? Okay. Time to, you know, really look at the 3d and get super grounded again. I would love uh, your insights, your takeaways, your reflections, anything that came up with me sharing some of those details. Well, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm I followed all of that. And I think it's almost, I think that's an interesting percentage. And what came to mind at that moment was, is that that choice of being human, you know, in terms of we can just be so many souls have chosen the 3d and then there are more souls that are opening up and, and kind of this new earth energy that's happening um, that I, I hope that that, that um, percentage would or increase. Or can shift or can go between different, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even for me on, on my journey in terms of like being very open as a child and then being kind of, I don't want to place it, it, it was an interesting experience being in medical school. I don't like I, the word blame was coming up in the sense that it was just, you really want to be concentrated in your knowledge and have efficacy. You want something to be effective. And yet I couldn't help notice that my intuitive or like when I place hands on people, I call it my MRI hands, you know, and, and or I'd see something about the, their history. And I'd be like, how, how in the world am I going to bring this up? Um, and yet it would just kind of happen by happenstance and it still happens today. Sometimes even when I'm just chatting with somebody like, why, why did you bring that up specifically, you know, or how I know how to navigate certain, you know, certain topics. I mean, you also don't like, want to break someone's psyche. If you yeah. have some type of insight, you, you, you know, you, it's kind of like biohacking and skin stuff. If people are starting to ask you, you know, why is your energy on point? You look so great it's not your job to preach from the mountaintops, absolutely everything and everything that you know. And the mm -hmm. same thing goes with you when you get insights on people. I love to study being able to cultivate this ability so that when we connect with others, we can be more discerning with whether or not we want to learn from someone, if, they, if they're an influencer or speaker, or we want to have personal and professional engagements with them. So the more clear and in tune we are, this is just a, gives you a massive edge and communication and partnerships. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I would say, so I'll give a little background on, I had a, I had a patient who they, we had resolved their gut health issues and we were kind of having a, this appointment of like, Oh, when am I going to see you again? Type of a moment. And in that time frame, I received a really powerful download. And I also really respected how they were raised, um, in a very, very specific way that I was like, Oh, I don't know that I would share this with them, but they, they knew me well enough where they're like, you just, there's something that you're not telling me. And I, I don't necessarily have that poker face. And I was like, I want to respect how, you know, I want to respect these things. He's like, no, go ahead and tell me. And so I just released the information and this just stunned look on his face where he, he knew, he knew that he had come to me at six to 130 pounds and like, couldn't eat anything. And he's a music producer and was like, I go to all these events and, you know, it was really challenging. He's like flying with his bone bra, you know, doing all of these things. And we 
got him to the place where he's like now a foodie or he like reached out and said, can I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And I was like, yes. And he's like gluten. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, I mean, cause he was at home with his family and it was like, that was the thing to do. Right. So getting somebody to such an amazing place and then dropping in something that was actually part of their personal life that they told me, they said, I was going to walk out the door and immediately have to handle that energy. And I thought to myself, oh, okay, it's really interesting that that's what came through to share. And in fact, from that moment, he was like, well, can I come and see you for this? And it was a challenge for me because I was like, well, but I, I'm your doctor and I don't know that I should necessarily be doing this woo thing with you necessarily. But at the time he, he was just like so adamant and then actually started sending me a bunch of people and, um, and I really realized and recognized, and he even gave me the feedback that he's like, I know that I am maintaining my gut health goals because you address those things. It, and, and I was just like, oh, okay, that's great. So, so much so that he actually called me once and he had his business manager and his attorney on the phone. And I was like, wait a minute, what? And he's like, yeah. And the attorney pops up and he's like, uh, Dr. Melanie, I asked him to call you because you've been so accurate in these business dealings that we'd really like your insight on this situation. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was just kind of a, you know, a bit of a shock to me, but at the same time brings me a lot of, a lot of joy. So this energetic component, whether it's intuitive messages, whether it's mediumship or, or anything like that, all of these things have to be well-received and it has to be a nice exchange between people. And as I got into more of the spiritual and intuitive channeling community, again, with professional courtesy and respect, I saw some things that, that, and, and people will feel this, they, they either are drawn to somebody or they get into the situation and go, Oh, whoa, this might be, I use the too woo or too woe for me, or this might not be a hundred percent aligned. And that's okay. That's part of the journey. What I found very interesting from my mentor was that they were very, very non-ego and they made it really, they really highly um, emphasized that not only are they clearing their energy, they're clearing our energy, that they hold space, that that there are sometimes darker ent- energies or entities or implants that can, you know, that can influence us. And that some energy workers don't necessarily know how to close these circuits, don't know how to clear themselves. And they might go from client to client or in, you know, event to event, and they're carrying other people's cords and, and things that they don't do this intentionally. I'm not saying this as a negative. I'm just saying this as a as an awareness. So if you, if somebody is feeling that and just saying, I don't know what's different or why this is different with this person that I really liked and I enjoyed following them. And then something kind of just shifted, just be, be aware. And, and that was, that was what was really helpful for me to identify. So I was able to recognize that my mentor was a very, very clear channel, set very clear boundaries, never speaks negative about any of these things, just is very matter of fact you know, to say, this is how you want to hold your space and how you want to clear your energy and be integral about what you're doing for people, um, not only for yourself, but for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And in my experience, I've, you know, had mentors that I could tell that there was some interference on their end as well. There's that a rainstorm happening right now. You might hear that beautiful water in the background. And 
so yeah, there are times in your lives where people that you worked with, you may need to evolve with, you know, constructing a whole new team, depending on where you are, um, because the body, mind, spirit, energy stuff, this stuff does impact your epigenetics. It impacted my energy levels, my uh, ability to be clear and discern better on a way to live, relationships to end, relationships to begin. It gave me a lot of clarity with doing the 3D detoxification, which then enhanced the energy and spiritual side of things as well. And I always grew up spiritual, right? Very conservative Christian background. Um, however, when you employ the energy things, and then there's just incredible technologies that we can use to support consciousness. And I mean, we're going to be seeing this come out over the next year or two. I'm already using this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just makes a profound found impact on sleep, consciousness, clarity, connection. Um, but this isn't everyone's path. So when it comes to the intuition, um, healing, it's something that you will be drawn to in the right way at the right time with the right people, but always trust your inner guidance, you know, sit down, pray, meditate, the more clear you are, the more clear your reads are going to be too. And um, yes, absolutely doing the detoxification, not just the physical, but the non-physical as well. I've done quite a bit of work with Dr. Terrence Palmer over the years, and he's one of the key scientists bridging the gap between spirituality and medicine out of the UK. And I've been following him for years. He, He unfortunately passed away not too long ago, but he was actually substantiating this area. And so for myself as a researcher, I want to see the research Um, But you just can't help but notice in the clients you work with why some people are thriving, what they're doing, what their body, mind, spirit, energy practices are, which is really what I share. And then when I would do rejuvenation on people, they just, they wouldn't have the same outcomes, no matter what I did, no matter how much money they, they spent or time, because there were other things running in the background in their programs that they didn't know about or it wasn't the right time for them to approach that, or maybe it's just simply not in their path to do that. So this work is very, um, it's its not for everyone, the intuitive um, healing approach. It is something that I personally do strongly believe in and have received many benefits of it over the year. But again, that 2% of people kind of like get that light bulb, 1% of people actually act on that. But it's those of us who are doing this work, we do create a very positive impact um, where we live in a world of duality, good, bad, light, dark. There's no grayness with that. We live in a world of duality. You look at two protons being smashed together. It makes a yin and yang symbol. This just came out of a, a university in Canada, actually. And yes, what you said about the autoimmune stuff, we have more toxins in our environment than ever. Autoimmune mortality rates by type in Canada doubled from 2019 to 2020. Reference this in my paper. Why is that happening? Is it important to have an awareness of and do things about, which is what I really am passionate about sharing here on the School of Radiance podcast. So our time is up. We're a little bit over. Thank you so much, Dr. Melanie Keller, ND. Where can people find you and how can they work with you? Oh, they can find me at the intuitive edge doctor or just intuitive edge doctor.com and or sibosolution.com but those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Fabulous. And be sure to check out the description of this episode in the show notes as well. Do you have any closing words for the beautiful Radiant listeners today? 
only to follow, follow your heart, follow your intuition. I think um, a lot of times people will put the intuition at the third eye, but I just like to emphasize to drop it down into your heart because that's your individuality and um, to listen to that. Oh, I love that you mentioned the heart. Yes. The, the heart brain coherence with the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Greg Braden really helped change me as a practitioner to the effect that, you know, every time I perform a, a rejuvenation session, I'm repeating gratitude, appreciation, caring, and compassion, those four words on repeat. So some practitioners are going to be more skilled and better than others. So it is a good idea to get your intuition on point so that when you are considering rejuvenation and working with practitioners, that you have that degree of insight and intuition, and you're so pure with all the biohacking and all the detoxing that you can make the highest decisions possible for you in your life to be as radiant as possible. Let some of this stuff sink in. You might have to listen to this episode for a second time. Um, We went pretty deep on topics that I haven't had the courage to really talk about publicly on the show. Um, But again, learn more over at theschoolofradiance.com for one-on-one sessions and the School of Radiance membership, where personally I share quite a bit more into the body, mind, spirit, energy, and technology things that I do behind the scenes to be my radiant version, to show up and share some of these great uh, insights as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Melanie Keller, for being on the show's absolute gift. And I truly look forward to having you back.